The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Today we are catching up with Jason Livingston, Managing Director and CEO of Metallicity. Its code is MCT, or Mike Charlie Tango, and at last traded at 1.3 cents for a diluted market cap of about 21 million. The company will be well known to many for its past endeavours at the Admiral Bay Zinc Project in WA's Kimberley region and some attractive ground positions it has in the Patterson-Fraser range. But it's all about high-grade WA gold now at the Kukani Gold Project, about 60 kilometres south of Leonora in the eastern gold fields. Kukani is one of those overlooked historic gold producers. One of the old mines there, called the Cosmopolitan, produced 360,000 ounces of gold at a grade of 15 grams back in the day. As we know, investors have become switched on to the potential of WA's old mines with a high-grade production history. The success at Bellevue and Spectrum are examples of that. I will get Jason to fill us in on the company's work to date and his ambitions for Kukaini in a moment. But first up, I'm going to welcome him to the podcast and say g'day. G'day, Jason, and thanks for your time today. Yeah, g'day, Barry. Thank you very much as well for this opportunity to talk about Metallicity and Kukaini. Excellent. Now, uh, before jumping into Kukaini, Jason, can I get you to give us a bit of a rundown on your professional background and what you're up to before arriving at the company? Yeah, no worries. Uh, my trade's geology. I'm a geologist um, by history, uh, certainly in the exploration through to the, the feasibility of the construction aspects of a, of a life of mine cycle. Um, I've got a broad commodity background, um, but predominantly in gold and iron ore um, and across basically eight countries across the world. WA School of Mines graduate uh, back in the late 90s and, yeah, cut my teeth in the eastern goldfields where, as a young geologist, I got sent out to weird and wonderful places and uh, been through Kukaini many times and always wondered what's going on here. And uh, lo and behold, I get back to Australia and, uh, yeah, managed to um, uh, catch up with Matt Longworth, our, uh, our non-exec chairman, who actually gave me my, job as, uh, my first job as a geologist back in the late 90s. So... Uh, long, long history there of a good relationship. And um, yeah, we managed to enter into this farming agreement with Next Metals. It's $5 million for five, over, over five years at 51%. Mm-hmm. And the, the jewel in the crown is the Cosmopolitan Gold Mine, which um, you've alluded to there. And yeah, and look, thank you very much for this opportunity to uh, talk about Metallicity and our efforts at the Kikini Gold Project. Right. Now, I know that the company has released a, an announcement today on the the first phase of the 2020 drilling program at Kukani. But first up, yeah. can we just step back a bit and talk a little bit, bit about the history of the project and why it was ignored for so long? Oh, look, it, it, it's it's a, a two aspects of the project which really perked my interest when we were going through the due diligence early last year. Uh, one that seems to be one of the hampering aspects of it is that the, the Cosmopolitan Gold Mine is actually a granite-hosted um, 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 ore body, which... Yeah, for many decades, there's always been this adage that there's no gold in the granites, which I think Cosmopolitan is a standout example that mm-hmm. that clearly is not right. So, um, And also, 
the fact that it's also had a very, very fractured ownership over the past probably four to five decades. Um, another aspect going through the due diligence um, that really stood out for me was that ownership was very fractured and people would try and do exploration programs, but be hampered by tenement boundaries. And they'd get onto something like Leopold and McTavish and try to really define the extents of it. But they'd come up, come up against these arbitrary boundaries where it would hamper their exploration efforts and basically they'd have to end up walking away. Then another offer would come through and almost a rinse and repeat sort of aspect. And that's mm. why when we this project um, with Nex, one of the things we're very cognizant of that we need to get to a point where we control it. We're not going to be hampered by those tenement boundaries. And since entering this uh, farming agreement, um, the original land holding with Nex was about 2,400 hectares. We've essentially tripled that land holding through further farm-ins and acquisitions to just shy of 8,000 hectares of the um, Kikani Gold Project. So um, it's about doing the method methodical exploration um, that is needed in this area and not being hampered by those tenement boundaries. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's, it's about methodical exploration and consolidation. And because I, I do see the Kikani Gold Project has not just been a, a gold project, but actually a province, um, which adds significant weight and... Yeah, and that, that's why we're we're very excited about this project. So, yeah. mm, okay, I think we all know it's pretty easy to get a high grade hit next to some old workings, but that's obviously not your focus. Yeah. Tell us about the work you've done to confirm upside at the project beyond what was historically mined. Yeah, look, we, we've got to respect what's been historically mined because it's a great vector to guide our future exploration efforts, and that's why. We did that recent announcement about the Cosmopolitan Historical Underground Sampling, which was an incredible data set. Um, there's over 2,400 channel samples throughout the historical Cosmopolitan gold mine. And just for the structural information of grade versus width, uh, regardless of what the grades are, is an incredible um, piece of data which helps us move forward um, with that. And yes, look, it, it is it is easy to get a spectacular drill hole intercept next to some old workings. It's about stepping out and actually defining it. We haven't found the limits of any of these prospects at this point in time, and we're moving certainly outwards from there, but we're also trying to be very smart with how we're going about our exploration because most juniors are, that we need to be very, very mindful how we spend our money and make sure that we get as much information as possible. So, uh, and that's why we're doing this drone magnetic survey where on, on the tenure alone that we control at Kukaini, through our previous work of initial fact mapping, actually going out in the field and mm. walking around, having a look at the rocks and understanding the, the geology, coupled with reprocessing the regional geophysics, which are freely available through the fantastic Dominion's website where a lot of information is available. We managed to define eight kilometres of strike from our known prospects, which have little to no exploration done on them. Um, and that that is a huge upside for metallicity where the cosmopolitan gold mine is situated on 1.2 kilometres of structure, and that produced 360,000 ounces. And I do believe there's a lot of potential left, not only within that mine, but um, just immediately along strike and down dip from that uh, from those workings. But we have eight kilometres that are essentially untested, and to juxtapose that against that cosmopolitan occupies 1.2 kilometres of that um, is just the, the the potential is phenomenal. Um, so when I put my geologist hat on, um, that's what gets me really excited is that potential for discovery um, and, mm. 
and hence that's why we're quite uh, dogged on that uh, on that focus of consolidation and just being good with our neighbours um, and understanding that we need to um, that we need to be able to have uh, a say in the area. Right. Who are the neighbours in that part of the world? Um, again, it's still quite fractured ownership. Um, there's a private entity that does hold quite a large landholding through the area, um, but the vast majority are, are prospectors, which alone, alone when, you, when you sit down at the Kikani pub where Margaret and Kevin run a fantastic show there and you, you talk to these old-timers, it, the information that they have is just phenomenal. Um, so that also helps how we go about our business too, but just about maintaining those relationships. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 it's still very fractured, but we're making quite good uh, headway into consolidating that area. Um, I think one uh, bit further along the Niagara trend, which is just heading southwest from Kikani, um, Adaya Resources holds um, quite a significant parcel of land, about probably 15 kilometres um, towards the highway from Kikani. And their Mulga Plum project, they did an announcement, uh, it was in February this year, and the, the first pass drilling program got some phenomenal numbers. I think it was a couple of metres at about eight grand. Um, mm. So there's, there's a lot of potential in the area. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's still very fractured. There's still a smattering of little prospecting licences and mining licences throughout the area, which, yeah, are held by various different entities. Mm. So at this stage, you're uh, more than happy with the land package you have over the... Oh, incredibly happy. I think the jewel in the crown, certainly the Cosmopolitan Gold Mine, mm. um, having control of the vast majority of that is a huge bonus, um, let alone Leopold and McTavish, which we just finished um, our... Uh, First phase of 2020 drilling program over. Uh, Leopold and McTavish have certainly given us uh, a lot of upside. There's some, been some phenomenal drill intercepts of yeah, five metres at 18 grams at McTavish, uh, six metres at nine um, at Leopold, and very, very shallow as well. Like we're talking sub sub 25 metres vertically. So mm. right off the bat, that, that's open pitable and phenomenal grades. Uh, we obviously need to do a lot more work to confirm that, but that coupled with historical drilling that is in the area, it's hanging together and showing that this is quite a significant grade. And um, we've still got a lot of work to do at Leopold and McTavish, let alone Champion and on the DCC trend. Um, we have another line called the Altona Workings, which is about one and a half kilometres east of the Cosmopolitan Mine, which in itself produced uh, 80,000 ounces back at the same time when Cosmopolitan was in production at the turn of the century. And mm. The area was so prolific that they actually set up their own mill and processing facilities at Altona, which was one and a half kilometres away from quite a large processing facility there too. So, And Altona's had very little work done on it as well. So um, so once again, when I put my um, geologist hat on, I love the fact that we've just finished a drilling program. Um, and it is the first phase for this year. We're definitely going to go back, but we're going to do that methodical exploration and just make sure that each drill hole is answering questions. So that's, right. I think that's a pretty good summation of what we're about. Yeah, fairly intense historical workings there. I was just wondering, can you see them all from the veranda of the pub or what's, what's the <laughs> Yes, you can. You can still see, yeah, you can still see the old mine manager's house um, at the Kikani town site as well. And what the what the people have done around there with all the little signposts explaining uh, the Kikani town site during its heyday is just phenomenal. And um, yeah, Kevin and Margaret, the, I, I will plug the Kikani pub a fair bit. They do an awesome steak sandwich and just, Really, really good operators, and I have a lot of knowledge of the history of Kikani. So, right. um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a lovely place. Okay. Now, I, I mentioned earlier uh, 
there was an ASX announcement today on the completion of the phase one drilling. Yep. No, no assays yet, but uh, what can you tell us about what's, no, uh, unfortunately. what was encountered in a structural sense? Or a... Yeah, look, this was to follow up our previous drilling that we announced in January uh, this year. Um, and it was essentially stepping out from one of our, well, we did four drill holes at Leopold. Um, the first intercept was, sorry, it was six metres at just over nine. And it's about stepping out and defining those. So we had a, a pretty good understanding of the structural setting that controls mineralisation within this trend. And I think it's very similar to the DCC and the Altona trends as well, whereby it's a north-south structure. Uh, there seems to be these northeast structures. They're also shallow dipping that come through and intersect these structures. And that's where we start to get these, these blowouts and these high-grade plunging shoots, which is quite a characteristic of eastern goldfields. Um, gold mineralization and we're we're onto those and what we're trying to do is step out from those those um those drill intercepts to define those loads so it's not just going there and going two meters away from that one we're going 20 meters away each time to actually try and step these out and understand the actual size of these loads so um we just yeah so we ended up doing about nine sections uh comprising about 34 drill holes at Leopold, and we stepped approximately 200 metres south of the existing pit that was mined in the late 80s mm -hmm. at Leopold and also the historical workings at Leopold. And similarly in McTavish as well, we um, got a fantastic drill hole intercept there uh, and we reported, well, late last year, reported it this year, five metres at 18. And what we've done there is, again, is just that step out, understanding uh, the size of these loads. So um, I really wish I could discuss assays, which I don't have at this point in time, but... Mm -hmm. um, Look, we, we seem to be stepping out and hitting the structure. And I think historically with our short drilling programs today, this is the fourth drilling program we've completed. Um, but the three programs before were quite small with 19 drill holes across all the prospects except Altona. Right. Every single drill hole has hit the structure and return a mineralized intercept. So mm. um, I would like to keep those stats. Uh, this is gold though, and gold can be fickle, but... Um, yeah, every every drill hole certainly answered a question, and the big question is obviously assays. But um, to date, we've had a very good record of being able to understand the mineralisation and extend it. So um, I, I'm hoping to keep my stats pretty good on that one. Okay. So it, it, the uh, labs are pretty busy at the moment, but I was just wondering, is there a rough estimation of when first assays might be available? Yeah, look, it was quite a large program. So what we did was we batched the assays. So we didn't all just do the program um, and then send all the assays. Um, we submitted our first batch of assays uh, about a week and a half ago. And look, we should get those. The ETA that the lab's talking about is later this week, early next week. So we obviously need some time to do our quality control and make sure that uh, our information is correct and representative of the actual drill holes that we have drilled. And yeah, I look forward to... Uh, keeping the market abreast of any developments that come from that. So, mm. but, um, but no, it's not as soon as we get the assays and we can't just publish it. Uh, we do need to do our checks to make sure that um, what we are saying is correct. And um, but no, I, I do expect assays to be coming over the next few weeks. Mm. Okay, uh, interested in your thoughts. There seems to be uh, two schools of thought in WA um, at the moment in terms of yep. uh, exploration. Some say just keep on drilling and grow and grow and grow the resource. Others say get a resource and think about um, getting into production. Where, where do you guys sit on that? Oh, look, it's all about opportunities. Um, look, there's there's always that option to uh, toll tree. 
um, to build your own mill is an expensive affair. I think there's been some um, examples, certainly through 2019, where mm. companies um, have have done that, you know, drill, 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 get the, the big tons, not so much dealing with grade too much. Um, and they've come a little bit unstuck where uh, issues have arisen. I'm not going to name names, but yeah, pretty high profile ones in 2019, which was a mar on the gold industry as a, as a, as as a whole where and look but the good thing is they have managed to remedy that since and they've done a fantastic job in doing that my thinking on that is you need to there is a critical mass for each project um i I, we're we're very cognizant of that but there are opportunities along the way whereby if it is near surface and it is at reasonable grade the grade can forgive a lot of mm. issues around trucking and distances and stuff like that. So I think a company needs to be opportunistic and not cherry pick today to disadvantage you tomorrow is what my ethos there is. But we're still reasonably early stages. We have some fantastic prospects. We do have some Jork 2004 compliant resources. We've got some work that we need to do to get them to 2012. Mm. But at the end of the day, um, for someone to actually start to truly value a project, you do need resources. Um, drill hole intercepts are fantastic and you need that to get to that point but for myself and metallicity we see ourselves as growing the project um, and being able to pay our own bills at some point in the near future so um, my attitude is to drill to get a resource understand the resource um, and if that does provide an opportunity um, take that opportunity Mm. but be cognizant that if we need to do more work we will do that 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 work to create those opportunities and uh and it's about creating that value um yeah we're, we're certainly not resting on our laurels um with this project it's been unloved for a very very long time and unjustly so and my job is to make sure it gets that love and be able to have its day in the in the sunshine and be able to have that opportunity to be developed uh, and quite frankly i think margaret the kukani pub will uh hunt me down if i don't Mate, if you don't get a free countermeal out of this, I'll go here. Um, <laughs> you keep plugging that pub. <laughs> so, uh, now just before we wrap up, uh, do we need to know yeah. the story with Admiral Bay um, and the exploration ground in the Patterson frame? Uh, Patterson could get yep, up sure. soon. Uh, the 2020 program's uh, going strongly there. New Chris kicking goals at Haveron. Rio Tinto at some point will tell us just how big their Winu discovery is. So you're in that neck of the woods. Any? Yeah, which is exciting. Yeah. Any? Yeah, look, we're a long way from Winu. Yeah, look, um, the Warburton and North Fraser projects were great conceptual uh, blue sky pipeline projects, which we pegged early last year. Uh, Warburton has had a lot of work done on that over the years, and so, some of the, the cropped out copper mineralization through there is just phenomenal. We made announcements, showed the pictures that look brilliantly green malachite that's at surface. Um, And similarly with North Fraser Range, a conceptually fantastic um, project where you're looking at Nova Bollinger sort of analogies of these circular structures at depth that, yeah, have all the right um, ingredients, which I think North Fraser is, the North Fraser two tournaments that we've got there is quite a, a good story again. And again, I will commend Demirs on how they go about collating historical information whereby we identified these projects just through some some regional fuzzy logic 
target generation throughout Western Australia. Mm-hmm. And we noted that both of these anomalies had drill holes into them um, drilled in the early 80s. Thought, fantastic, great. And so we got the old reports and had a read through those. And these old reports um, done by Kennecott Explorations, which at the time were looking for Olympic Dam analogies, so looking for red rocks. Mm-hmm. And as I drilled these, they came up green. So it didn't fit their exploration profile, but their logging and detail that they did was phenomenal. And they noted trace chalcopyrite. We thought, fantastic, this is a fertile system. Let's peg this. And lo and behold, these two drill holes were in the actual um, core library in Kalgoorlie. So next time in Kalgoorlie, looking at this core that's as old, not as quite as old as me, but certainly getting there, 40-year-old core, which is in pristine condition. And I could confirm the chalcopyrite managed to assay them and confirm the anomalous copper. Um, so, look, fantastic stories and how they were generated and very highly prospective, but our focus is the Kikani Gold Project. Um, yeah. We're looking mm-hmm. to farm out um, partners for those, uh, similar to the IGO story with um, uh, Gruer, um, whereby, yeah, they, they ticked it over and wrote on the shirt tails of one of the big boys on those ones. So they're very um, big projects, which we have a lot of a very high opinion of. Um, but it is about um, being able to farm those out because our focus is Kukaini mm. um, and the Yandamindra Gold projects in the Eastern Goldfields. Regarding Admiral Bay, we have updated the markets on that and have used the term care and maintenance, um, certainly for the tenements. We are exploring a lot of options for that. There was a lot of hype, um, sorry, um, a lot of rhetoric around uh, the TSXV listing uh, for Kimberley Mining and the Admiral Bay assets. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are we are exploring all avenues to monetize and basically give Kimberley Mining its own legs, whereby it can be its own entity. It can go off and start to explore and continue the Admiral Bay story because Admiral Bay itself is a phenomenal resource. It is 170 million tons at seven and a half percent. Think equivalent. This this is this is a a potential generational sort of operation. Mm-hmm. It's not just a a small fly by night it is huge so and it needs the respect that's that's deserved of such a large resource um and look we've changed focus it was very clear in early in 2019 that metallicity was taking a different direction um even with the intent of spinning out admiral bay yeah um and that type of stuff so yeah look it's we're not the i don't like using the phrase care and maintenance um because we are exploring many options for that. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to updating the market when we can on that one. So, right. All right, folks, there we have it. Uh, exciting times for the company. Kukaini is the, the, very much the focus, and uh, we all look forward to the first essay results being available shortly and progress from there on. And hopefully there will be a good cause to have a celebratory beer at the pub at some point. <laughs> exactly. So thanks for your time today, Jason, and good luck with it all. Uh, thank you very much. Cheers, mate.